0: Today is Palm Sunday. Interesting, fun fact, I have done more Palm Sunday services than any other. When I first started and would fill in here and there, I, that seems to be one of the Sundays I pick up more often than not. And uh, it's funny now with everything going on, we've kind of lost track of that. Easter is next Sunday. And uh, with everything happening in the world, we kind of lost well sight of that. But really, you know, that's no surprise, because that's what Satan wants us to do, is take our eyes off God. And uh, he's doing a really good job of accomplishing that. And, um, you know, last week we uh, started into a, a message, Desires of the Heart, and I told you there was more to come on that. And, and uh, so, you know, normally when we look at the calendar, we see certain things. We stop and we address what's on the calendar. And um, so when I was in prayer time with God I was like well do we need to do that Or do we need to give the people what they need right now And so we're going to continue on From what we started with last week And then we're going to have a little finish up Towards the end there With uh, mixing today in with it Palm Sunday in with it And then uh, we're going to segue to what we will Enter our Easter next week So um, today will be desires of the heart part two. Bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to get to your word today, Father. We just ask you to open our hearts and minds to receive it, Lord. We ask you to take myself out of the way, Father, and just let your message shine through. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Proverbs 4 and 23. Let's start there. Give us a little bit of, of text to, to work off of. Proverbs 4 and 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And then I'd like to look at Romans 12 and 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Alright, so last week, we talked about desire. And we talked about the the good portion of desire. First of all, that that God doesn't want us to be just willy-nilly. He wants us in fully committed. He wants us thinking. He wants us doing. And what happens is when we have a desire, it becomes strong. That's the seed. That's the, the idea. It's the seed. The desire starts to form. And from that, you start to form imagination. What is this situation going to be like? What's it? How are we going to do it? What? How it could be? What it could become? That's the imagination portion of it. And then from imagination... We formulate a plan. How are we going to execute what we're doing? You know, God is into details. He doesn't like vagueness. He likes us to be specific with what we want, what we want from Him. He wants us to be thinking. He wants us to be doing. He wants us to be more than just a want. Let me give you an example of that. Have you ever been maybe sitting on the couch watching TV and you're thinking, oh, wow, I could use a snack. You know, you're not necessarily hungry, but, you know, maybe a bag of chips would be good or maybe a a piece of cheese or a piece of fruit, something you could sit there and munch on while you're watching TV or, or something. So then you get up and you go to the kitchen maybe the phone rings and you answer the phone or maybe one of the kids need you to do something something happens that takes you off that course takes a few minutes for you to do something else and then what happens? sometimes we do not want to carry on with our initial goal we do not want to get that snack anymore because it really wasn't that important to us, and all we really needed was a little bit more time to think about it. We do this sometimes, you know, we have these things called impulse buys. They put all these things at the checkout. You know, back when you used to be able to go to the stores, and you'd see it in line to buy things. You know, they had to put all the stuff there at the cash register, It'll be funny when we listen to this, you know, 20 years from now, when the world, you know, anyway. So you sit there by the cash register, and you have all these little different things they have hanging up there. There's a whole variety of things. They have headphones. They have batteries. They have all kinds of snacks and chips and candy, and and they have bottled drinks, and all these little things in the, and you only got a few seconds to think about because you're in line. You're putting your stuff up on the belt. You're, you're, uh, getting ready to check out. So, you'll have a few moments to use it to, you know, all the tabloid magazines are there. So they have all them little great things about what the royal family's doing, what this celebrity's doing. So all you can read is the headlines. So if you want to know what's inside the magazine, you actually have to pick it up and you have to buy it. And that's what they want to do. They want to sell items. So it's an impulse buy. And they call it that because you don't have time to think about it. You buy it. And most of the time, these things are nothing that we really need. Many times there's something that we really don't even want. And if we just had that little bit of extra time to think about it, we would have never done it. <laughs> Impulse buys. Same thing with the snack. Just a little bit of time and we change our course. But with a desire... That's the, that's the difference. A desire is something that you've, you've thought about. You know, if you're going to make a, a big purchase, if you're going to buy a house, you look at a bunch of different houses, you look at floor pans, you have an idea in mind what you want, what your kitchen configuration is going to be. Do you want an open concept, a closed concept? Are you looking for a modern? Are you looking for something rustic? There, there's ideas in mind about what you want. You desire it. You've thought about it. You use your imagination. So what happens when we have seeds of desire that get planted that are not good in nature? They have a device called an incubator. You put eggs in it, and that incubator takes the place of whatever bird or reptile would hatch the eggs herself so you put the eggs in there you set the temperature and they're going to hatch and that incubator doesn't care if it's a chicken egg an ostrich egg if it's a snake egg if it's a lizard egg if it's a a turkey whatever egg you put in there it's going to hatch good or bad And that's the same way that our central processing system hurts. Our hearts. That's our source. That's where our desires lie. And it tells us to guard our hearts. And like I said, God doesn't tell us these things for no reason. If not for His benefit, it's for our benefit. And over and over again, He tells us to guard our hearts. And He tells us to Take captive of our thoughts to renew our minds because it's through the mind and through the heart is where negative desires can take place. There was a, a fellow in this book called King Saul. And we're not going to, for time purposes, we're not going to go through and read all the scriptures about it. I'm going to give you a synopsis. But King Saul He was given his leadership role by God. And then he got a desire in his heart. And that desire was for how he looked in the eyes of men. He wanted to be great in the eyes of men. So he began to going against the wishes of God and what God was telling him to do. And doing things that he felt made him look like a better leader, stronger, better and taking captives he was not supposed to take, taking uh, spoils he was not supposed to take, doing it for his benefit because of a bad desire. Now, King David, he has a well-known bad desire. He's standing up on his, his castle, his home, his rooftop, And he looks across there and he sees a bathing beauty. Now there was a seed. And there's that moment. And we all have this moment. Because we're all going to be put in situations where we can either move forward or move away. And the, the first look, that's okay. But it's when we look back. That's when we're making the decision. So I can only imagine what it was like to be standing up there. And that... Desire was starting to form. The imagination was starting to take over. What it was going to be like to be in the presence of this woman. So then he starts to formulate a plan. He has his men go and bring her to him. Negative desire. And then we have King Solomon. Another God-sanctioned king. And he was doing very well. Did great things. Smartest man. And yet, a desire got into him. These wives that he would take. You know, men, you know how it is that you want to, to please your wife because a happy wife... There you go. Happy wife, happy God. And it's that relationship that we have in a, a, a husband and wife relationship that the happier the other person is, the more they do for us, the more it's pleasing for both parties. So with that strong desire, there were things that was happening. He was doing things, taking on idols. That was pleasing to them, but yet not pleasing to God. And therefore, he lost his kingdom for that. So that brings us to us right here, right now. We have lots of things that's being fed into us. And we can take it in. We can filter it through the Word of God. We can use the Word of God for our shield. Or we can let it take root. And it doesn't take much. You know, when we talk about something like desire, we think that's, you know, a a big want. You know, it's for something. It's for a, a person, a relationship. It's for a thing, a car, a house. It's for something. But yet... There's many things that we desire that we don't even really consider a desire because it happens so easily and so naturally. Like we have a desire to be healthy. We have a desire to stay safe. These basic needs, a desire for food, for shelter. They are a need, they are a want, but because they are so strong, they are also a desire. So we have all this negativity that's going on, this fear. We turn on the TV and the news comes on because there's an update every five minutes and we see these numbers going up. We see the stock market going down. We see the shelves bare on the wall. And all these things constitute fear. So that desire to have our supplies, have what we need for our food, our shelter, our water, our wants, the desire to stay healthy, the desire to be safe. All the, that desire takes a hold. And then our imagination starts to take place. Okay, so what if I can't get this? What if I can't find food? What if I get sick? What if I come in contact? There's all of these what-if scenarios that's now forming in our imagination. So we have this now negative imagination. So then we start to formulate plans. Alright, so I'm not going to have enough, so what do I got to do? I have to stock up. I have to get all I can eat. I have to do all of these different things, and that 's what all of our our drive is. Most people that go and rob a convenience store, they rob a bank, they do these different heinous acts it's not usually an impulse it 's because of a desire to hold. And it's not always a desire to have something. And sometimes it's just a desire for these basic needs to be met. And then the bad imagination takes over. The bad plan is formed. And pretty soon, you're in a heinous situation. More than ever before, on the side of the road, you see signs saying... Fear not. We see some scripture put out there telling that God's in control more than I've ever seen before. And there's also many more people asking where is God in all of this? Where is God? And this question has been asked many times. Some people right here in this book have asked this very question. Where is God? And you know, we've been... Talking about now for months, connecting all these little things, talking about all these little details that God has given us. That's so important to understand who he is and why he does what he does. Who is God? God does not force himself upon us. But he's there when we need him. God wants us to call upon Him. God wants us to need Him. He is our provider. He is our Savior. He is our Heavenly Father. He is our source. And He wants to be all those things. You know, I think about a a bowling alley. You know, it has little bumpers you can pull up. So if you throw the ball it bounces off one of them things and it's going to go straight down there and it's going to go down there and you're going to knock down some pins. And that's how a lot of us want God to be. They want Him to be there to let us do what we want to do but keep us within certain parameters. God takes down the barriers. And God doesn't just simply hurt us through life like cows. God gives us the skills to be able to have the right ball selection. He gives us the skills to be able to pick out the right equipment. He gives us the skills to be able to have the correct form, to be able to walk up to that line and release that ball and send it straight down the middle of that alley and knock down every pin every time. That is what the Word of God is. It is detailed instructions on how to perform at our optimal best each and every time without barriers. Matthew 21 and 9. And the multitudes that went before and followed, crying, saying, Hosanna, the son of David. Blessed is the name that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna is the highest. Here's your Palm Sunday reference. And just get a visualization now. We have Jesus riding in. People are putting down. Palm leaves. They're putting down their their jackets. Their clothes. For him to walk upon. He's coming in. They are calling him. Savior. Savior. They are cheering him. This is their savior. This is their rock star. This is their hero. And they are. Pleased for him to be. They are calling upon his name. That's. What God wants from us. He wants to hear us cry out, God, I need you. And right now we need Him more than ever. I believe that if each and every one of us, each and every person, would get down on their knees and would pray, there is no virus that can stand. There is nothing. That can stand. God can take care of this situation. But the problem is, nobody wants to rely on Him. We're waiting to see what our leaders are going to do. We're waiting to see what we can do in our own power. We're waiting to see what doctors can do. We're trying to take care of everything ourselves instead of saying, Okay, God, I trust you. God, we need you. God's not punishing us with this situation. God's not on vacation. He's not sitting up in heaven with his feet up asleep. God knows what's going on. And he's giving us a wake-up call. He's giving us an opportunity to be able to realize that we need him. We look at the situation that the world is in right now. We look at the world of how it was a few months back. We look at how things have been changing over the last couple of years. And we keep falling further and further away from God. But yet we expect Him to come and swoop in when things get really bad. Without us doing nothing. That one-sided relationship that we talk about over and over again. Where we want everything from Him... And to give nothing back in return. People were cheering, and then when Jesus didn't do what they thought that he should do they turned against him and how many of us are doing that today when God doesn't do what we think that he should do do we turn against him we can look right now and see that we don't have the faith that we think that We can do better on our own. That we can't trust God to keep us safe. That we can just blow him off. It's not important. How quickly we can shut things down and forget about it and think that it's okay. We look at our our mayors our county commissioners we look at our governor we look at our president and these are all just men just like all the rest of us none of them alone can save us but there is one person Jesus can save us we have nothing to fear We are already healed we are already saved if you have covered by the blood of Jesus you have that he has given it to us that is why next week Easter Sunday we talk about the the cross that is why he went there that's why he laid down his life so we can be saved saved from this world saved from sickness saved from damnation of hell we have nothing to fear Jesus has taken all of that away. And if everyone would just trust in him, trust in his word, trust in the promises of God, conquer these desires that are false, that are implanted by Satan himself to take our eyes off God. It is time for a change. In the scripture... We started off with this morning. It says renew your minds. We need that more than ever. We need to take away all this negative thinking, Take away all this negative desire to erase it all. And start implanting the truth of God. Bow with me please. Dear Heavenly Father we thank you for this opportunity Father to get into your word today. Father we know that we are in, in peril times. Father that there is much unknown on the horizon. But we do know, Father, that you know the beginning from the end. You know what the future holds for us. We know that you have a hope and a future for us. We know that your promises says that. Father, it's, it's hard sometimes being human. It's hard to overcome the world, Father. It's over, hard to overcome the, the thoughts in our head. The things that latch on to our hearts, Father, and starts to take seed. That so we ask for protection in this time, Father, not just from the physical elements, not just from sickness, not just from the, the fears, Father, but from internally, Father, we ask for protection of our hearts, protection of our minds, Father, that in the times when we're presented with things that can take a negative effect on us, that we'll be able to recall your word, Father, that the Holy Spirit will talk to us in a very special way and allow us to, to overcome Father, we ask for the discipline, Father, to be able to study your word, to be able to spend time with you in prayer, Father, and to be able to, most of all, be able to listen. Father, I know as, as, a, as myself, Father, and as people that's hearing my voice today, that one of our biggest struggles that we have, Father, is listening. We think sometimes that you're quiet, Father, and we know that you have much to say. And we just ask that you open our ears, Father, so we can hear what you have for us. You help us to guard our hearts, Father. That you'll put a special hedge of protection around each and every one of us. Father, that you'll open the eyes, Father, for the ones that are lost, that are ones that are not seeing the truth about what needs to be happening during these peril days, Father. We ask that we'll see, not the church's window, Father, but it'll start to increase, Father, and with that increase, we'll see change happen. We'll see victory, Father. And if anyone has a, a need today, if they have a, a desire, Father, that's been planted there long ago to make a change, to make a move towards you, to make a move to be a part of something, Father, that that change will happen today. The shackles will be broken. The change will come undone, Father. And that decisions will be made. We thank you for this, Father, and ask us in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Page 393 in your handles, please. Please stand.